This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. One hour from now, Ryan Gilbert of the Hockey Gambling Podcast will join us. I know it's not a big NHL card tonight or really even this weekend, but we're only three weeks from the trade deadline. What are we looking for as we approach that and what teams are in it? Maybe worth buying some futures on, some award markets to discuss with Ryan as well. A little bit later in the show. We go in on baseball with pitchers and catchers reporting. Spring training games now just a week away. Rob Brown, host of Bet for the Cycle here on BetQL every Saturday, will join us at 11 Eastern. And some early looks at the NBA second half. Maybe we'll even throw some way too early just for funsies NBA Finals predictions at you at the top of the hour. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM live coast to coast on the BetQL network wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Watch us as well. On YouTube, Odyssey Sports, and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. Chris Mack, Jim Rodriguez, in for Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. They are off. And joined by another member of the BetQL Network, the co-host of Tapped Out. You can catch it in all those same outlets that I just mentioned inside your Odyssey app. You can download it. A fresh episode is there right now as Brendan and Sean Levine previewed UFC 298. Brendan, thanks for making the time, first of all. And let me ask you this, because when we come around to UFC, when we come back around to anything this time of year, after the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror for everybody, it feels like everybody sort of, well, taps back in to whatever other sports they really love. For you, it's UFC. If you get to tell somebody who hasn't watched MMA or UFC specifically in a while, why is 298 the card this weekend? the one to jump in on, and how do they bet it? Man, I, I would say it's stacked. You know, so every fight uh, that you would pay for is is going to be a banger. You have a lot of former champions on here, some of the most elite guys that are doing it in the sport. And you have one of the best pound-for-pound fighters right now in Alexander Volkanovsky, who is – you know, kind of on the borderline of does he still have it? Is he going to continue his reign of dominance of being one of the best featherweight champions of all time? Or do you think that this is going to be, you know, was his loss last year to Islam Makachev? Was that a sign of things to come um, because he took his first knockout loss? And so that's been the interesting thing because the line's been a little bit seesaw on this one with Volkanovski and Saporia because, there was a lot of momentum of people kind of going against Alexander Volkanovsky. Then, you know, people started seeing, well, I'm getting Volkanovsky as a dog. So then there was a lot of money coming on him. So now he's a slight favorite over Taporia. So it's been a really fascinating main event to, uh, to go see, but boys, I, I look, I've, I, and you know, the guys will tell you this on tapped out. I, I have a very hard time parting with the guys who have been reigning over a division for a very long time. I almost need to see it with my eyes before I'm ready 
to just crown the new hot thing, and that is certainly what Taporia has been. He's been trying to get his Conor McGregor on, you know, snatching the belt yesterday at the press conference, walking around <laughs> with it uh, during media week. He's, you know, talking about fighting Conor McGregor in Spain. So this guy is trying to, to build up this fight in a great way. Volkanovski's taking a lot of time, you know, poking fun at his age and has done commercials, you know, dressed with the old man cap and a sweater and fell asleep, you know, Fane falling asleep yesterday at the, uh, at the press conference. So he's had a lot of good fun with it. But, you know, the, the, the true dynamics are of it, Volkanovski doesn't lose at this division. You know, 145, he has reigned over it. He's beaten the best to do it. Brian Ortega, a trilogy with Max Holloway. He's so hard, and especially over five rounds, to just put away. He took that last fight over Makachev on 10 days' notice. He got head kicked. He, you know, he made a mistake. He said he was drinking a lot in the lead-up to it. I'm giving him a mulligan on it, not only because of the short-notice turnaround, but also it's a weight class up. Over five rounds, if he can get out of the first round with this one, usually he gets better as the fight goes on. And so that's where, that's where I'm looking on this, and I'm looking for him right now at, at winning this one by decision, which is around plus 250 right now. And uh, I think Alexander the Great reigns that featherweight and, and keeps his belt. Brother, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Volkanovski, you know, is making his case as the greatest featherweight of all time in in the UFC. It's 12 and 0 in that division at the UFC. The only question I have, and I get it, I get all the butts. He took a fight at 12 days' notice. He went up in weight. He got caught. But that was four months ago. I mean, the guy was asleep on uh, in Abu Dhabi. I mean, we we all like to be taking a nap on an island, but not in the middle of a championship fight four months ago. Is there any hangover from that that you're worried about? I honestly, I, I'm not too worried about that. You know, it was it was a quick fight. Um, I'm I, I usually you know get worried more of like of a guy took a fight, a lot of damage, did he give himself the proper recovery? The fact that, you know, he wasn't burnt out in a camp, sparring. He basically just got off the couch and did this. I think he's going to be okay. I don't think this is going to be one of those where, oh, uh, there's still a lingering effect. The, the guy's psychotic. He's even talking about if he wins this fight, turning around and fighting in April. Um, so that doesn't worry me too much. You know, the thing I guess you just have to worry about is he has shown now a vulnerability to be knocked out and Taporia has some real thunder in his hands. I mean, the guy is versatile and he does have a lot of weapons at his disposal. Um, it's just a matter of, can he get to Volkanovsky? And I think, can he get to Volkanovsky quick? You know, he has proven himself over, over five rounds in his last fight to Poria. But I think the thing that I, I worry about is you're not taking on a Josh Emmett, all respect to Josh Emmett. You're taking on this guy who has been in there with the best of the best and typically just get stronger as the fights go on. Even in his first fight against Islam Makachev, I mean, this is a guy, you know, going up a weight class and ended up on top of Makachev, and a lot of people thought that he beat him and should be a, should be a two-division champion. So it's just a matter of that, that cardio continuing to go. He's a very, very smart fighter. Even for his short height, has a, has a very uh, deceptive reach. He usually has a reach advantage on a lot of these featherweights. He has a slight one on Taporia, too. So... Um, I'm not worried about the knockout. That's 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 not what it is. It's just a matter of, you know, does did Taporia see something there that he could take advantage of, and can he get to it early? Brendan Tobin, co-host of Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. You can also catch him, Tobin and Leroy, Monday through Friday, middays, uh, inside your Odyssey app and on social media, at Brendan underscore Tobin. What else is there on the undercard, Brendan, that we should have an eye on? Like, I see... I just look, again, 
as a novice at MMA and UFC, I scroll down, I look at the odds, I look at the rankings of the fighters, right? And I see at Bantamweight, we've got Davalishvili against Cejudo, two and three, right? But we've got a pretty good number on Cejudo. There's value there. Is that one to watch out for? What other undercard bouts do you have an eye toward betting? There are people who uh, who like the value on Cejudo for sure because he is, uh, you know, this is one of the most decorated champions of all time. The thing that I don't like about it with Cejudo, so this kind of goes back to, you know, their last performances. And when you ask me, well, what worried me? The last time around, I just think Cejudo, he came off already a very early retirement, comes back, and in his last fight, I just didn't feel like he had any extra gear. And we got to see a lot of Henry Cejudo. And I just, I think that was the interesting thing is like, man, I don't know if this guy just has it anymore. You know, he stepped away from the sport. He comes back. And and the thing with Marab, you know, maybe it was against a different opponent, but I think the thing with Marab is he's such a tough guy to beat. He hasn't shown any weaknesses. He's been, do- been more dominant in the last fights that he's been going through. And in all honesty, guys, he probably should be fighting for the championship. You know, the championship is going to be decided in Miami next month with Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera. The only reason that's the championship right now is it's more of a, a hyped grudge match. Cheeto has a win over Sean O'Malley. But he doesn't deserve the fight over Marab. Marab is is very much the uncrowned number one contender right now. And I, I just don't have enough stones to put on Sudo, even at the value. Now, if there's a guy you want to look at as value, I will look to co-main with Paulo Costa versus Robert Whitaker because Paulo Costa is about a two-to-one underdog right now. Robert Whitaker, you know, took a pretty brutal loss his last time around against DDP. And the thing with Whitaker is, He's been such an interesting character. This guy's been at the top of the middleweight division for a very long time. But he's also been a guy who has wanted, how long does he want to do this? How long does he want to stick around the sport? The beating that he took from DDP, I almost worry about a little bit more. (laughs) If you're talking about guys who may be moving on in their careers, Whitaker being this heavy of a favorite concerns me. Costa, I get it for people who say, how the hell can you trust Paolo Costa? The guy will drink wine during a fight week and say there's conspiracies around and people spiking his drinks. I get that, but I just look at that and I say, man, Whitaker got pieced up the last time around. I'm getting some pretty good value on Paulo Costa there. And so if I'm going to ride with anybody, the best value play of the night, the best dog of the night on the main card, Costa's the guy that I look at because of the way Whitaker lost his last fight, where he's at his career. Costa coming off fresh, he's had a pretty drama-free week. I like him at that number. Yeah, the the only thing about Costa, and you're right, right, you know, you never know what you're going to get. The guy hasn't fought in, you know, a year and a half. That's the only thing, which could also tell you, hey, he's fresh. You know, we saw the beating that that, that Whitaker took a, a, as well. When when you when you look at at, at the co-main at Whitaker and, and Costa, it almost feels like it's a loser leave town match, right? Because one's thirty three, the other's thirty two. They're definitely on the back nine, and and considering who the champion is in DDP in, in, in Duplessis, I don't think anybody's going to beat him for a while. Certainly with Whitaker, I, I, I agree with you, man. Like I think that you know Whitaker has losses now to basically the top two middleweights in Adesanya and. With DDP, so you're you're in a spot where you're him. You're like, well, what do I do to get back to the title shot? Whereas Costa, you know, a little bit of fresh blood. He has lost to, to Adesanya, but DDP is not. So there is some freshness there. He's probably got more of this being a number one contender than Robert Whitaker does, which stinks for Whitaker because this guy is, you know, basically lost to the champion uh, before he was champion, and he's lost to Adesanya twice. So 
Whitaker's resume is, is absolutely stunning, which is why he is such a heavy favorite. and People trust him more than they did Paolo Costa. But it was very similar to the lines the last time around against DDP where people were like, come on, Whitaker basically has only lost to Adesanya, and then he didn't. Then he lost to Drakus Duplessis. So, it, yes, it, there is a little bit of trust that you have to have in, in betting a Paolo Costa because he's got to, you know, make weight and he's got to make sure there's all drama. There just hasn't been a lot of that so far this week. So I like the way where Paolo Costa's head's at. He seems like he's in a pretty positive mind frame him, uh, yesterday at the press conference. So that's why I'm trusting him. It, it, it is definitely, I may feel foolish, you know, come Saturday night uh, when, I, when we're getting ready for the main event. But I, I think there's just something about this at, at that number. I just think it's too tasty to pass up for me when it comes to, uh, to Paolo Costa. Great stuff, Brendan. We appreciate the time, man. Brendan Tobin, co-host of Tapped Out on the BetQL Network with Sean Levine. Follow him on social at Brendan underscore Tobin. They've got a fresh episode up previewing everything on the UFC 298 card. And, of course, you can get that YouTube, like I said, or inside your Odyssey app. Download it as a podcast today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Brendan, thanks again for making the time this morning, man. Take care, guys. You too. Uh, again, any anything else in the UFC world, we will check in with Brendan. But if you guys want to stay up to date, if you're more of a, a an MMA novice and you're just looking to get into it and how to bet it, then definitely highly recommend Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network, either in video form on YouTube or, like I said, in audio form inside your Odyssey app. J-Rod, uh, this one out in Southern California, but they'll be in your neck of the woods for two ninety nine, right? Yeah, it's it's funny because the UFC 299 will be here in Miami, and then obviously the big one, UFC 300, uh, will be in Vegas. It, it's funny because Miami had always been such a bad market for Dana White. I mean, I asked Dana, I said, why don't you guys come to South Florida? And he, he told me, listen, they, they buy all the merch, they watch the shows, they buy all the pay-per-views, but nobody goes to the events. And that's always been a knock on sort of Miami customers, that they don't actually go to the event. Well, they had an event here uh, four or five months ago. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, who's a local, he w- he was the main event. Adesanya was there, and it was an absolute mega hit. Donald Trump was there. Kid Rock was there. It was absolutely uh, amazing. And now Miami is now on the rotation and on the radar and it's back. So, so we're happy to see that, you know, when you look, if, if you're into that world, all the big gyms, all the big dojos, whatever you want to call them, they're, most of them are here in South Florida. They, you know, mm-hmm. they're here, they're all training out here. So it just makes sense that, they, that there would be an audience for that. And uh, UFC is amazing. And then of course there's boxing coming up. Canelo Alvarez uh, saying that he's going to fight uh, May 4th. He didn't say who he was going to fight. He said it was going to be an American. So that will be, whether it's Benavidez, whether it's Charlo, we're hoping it's Munguia. Be, can you imagine Mexican versus Mexican Cinco de Mayo weekend in Vegas? That would be, that would be amazing. But Canelo, wild. no one can tell Canelo what to do, so, which is good and bad, I guess. And, of course, if you hablo, then uh, J-Rod's got you covered on the Spanish side for all the fight stuff, too, both boxing and MMA. Yeah, yeah we, got, we, got a, we got a little J-Rod. Spanish version of things. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, coming up. <laughs> Second half of the NBA season is days away. We got the All-Star break. 
But what do we like for the second half? Like, let's make some early predictions, too. We'll look at the award markets again. We've done that over the last couple of days as we've gone division by division, catching you up on the Western Conference this week. Maybe we'll do Eastern Conference divisions next week, division by division. But what teams do we like? Who are we fading after that conversation about Doc and the Bucks earlier? I know who I'm fading. That. That's coming up in 20 minutes. Ryan Gilbert in 40 minutes to talk puck from the Hockey Gambling Podcast. But coming up next, Draymond Green clearly hates someone. And I don't mean like competitively dislike someone. Draymond Green hates someone. And a famous YouTube personality did something that I just, I can't wrap my brain around. And we'll try to understand it. We go off the board next on BetQL Daily.